Victor Marks podcast with Victor Marks, founder of All Things Possible Ministries. Welcome to the show where we bring you real conversations faced with life's hard truths, stories of redemption, and the latest from the front lines. Whether you're on the road, getting your day started, or finally settling in, we've got an exciting new episode planned for you. So let's dive in to today's show. Uh, hi, Charlie. My name is Anderson. And so I used to attend a church, and recently we stopped attending it because they do preaching, sort of, which they talk about race in it. Um, the main senior pastor, he said that there's too many white people attending our church. And, our, and my mother, she had a conversation with him, but he still kind of does the same things. But our youth pastor, he has also said the same things, talking about, oh, I met this great couple of a black man and a Hispanic mother, and their child was just so beautiful. And what I want to do is have a conversation with that youth pastor. I wanted to ask you, like, what things should I say to them to try to prove that point? That's not right. Yeah, look, um, I hate talking about race. I do. I'm exhausted talking about it. it just, I think it's a distraction, and it's terrible. So let me give you a couple piece of advice, but I'll tell you, I'm running out of patience talking about race. Your race means nothing to me, and it means nothing to God. Let me say that again. It means nothing to God whatsoever. Period. If we think it matters, then we have a word for that, and that word is used rather generously, but it's actually racism. It's racist to believe that race matters. Okay, let me give you two, two principles of Christianity that I think you should challenge on. These are the questions. Do you believe in things, do, what is more important? That which is visible or that which is invisible? Ask him that question. And then, no, well, not you, but ask the youth pastor. And he'll have to say invisible. He'll have to, or else he's not a Christian. Okay? Now, that's not to say that you can't see God, or you can't hear from God, but the things we can't sense immediately with our five senses are way more important than the things we can sense. It's the flesh versus the invisible world. Okay? That's, and then the second thing you say, okay, what do you take a higher preference on? Things you can change or things you cannot change. And if you was, of course, a Christian, you should say the things you can change. Or else we wouldn't believe in redemptive Christianity, right? We'd believe you become a Christian through blood, blood right. And so those are the only two questions that you should ask. And if he says, okay, well, yeah, I believe in the invisible more than the visible. And I believe that things you can change versus things you can't change. You say, then how do you care about race so much? Because you're focusing on things that are visible and something that can't change. And therefore, you're th focusing on things that are unbiblical and against Christianity. So that's how I would answer that question. Hey, don't need caveat I put on it. I'm kind of happy these last couple of years where pastors tilted their hand down and you can kind of see what they really believe. Because now they're not hiding. And I just go, thank you. I'll remember that. <laughs> and I tell people, leave a church. Let God direct you to a balanced, loving pastor who doesn't have all these crazy biases and, and can feed the sheep and equip them for the work of the ministry. Let me add one thing, too. When you leave that church, I think the exit conversation is very important. Uh, there's a mixed opinion about this. Some people say leave quietly. I think you should leave respectfully. But I think you need to confront. I, I'm a big believer in this. I agree. You need to have a big, long, drawn-out meeting and know your stuff and say, this is why we are leaving. Why? After the fifth or sixth time, they have to confront a family that will do that. That makes a big difference. And in fact, nine months, 18 months, 24 months later, they might all of a sudden remember one sentence that was said in that conversation that could change their life. 
Now, I travel to churches across the country. So does Victor. And I was just recently as a church, and they were never talking about these issues. But one family in the midst of all the stuff that was happening in the summer, to give you an idea, they were recommending White Fragility by Robin D'Angelo and Ibram X. Kendi. And one family who the pastor trusted says, I need to see you. I've known you for 35 years. You have no idea the demonic influences you bring into this church. One conversation. And the pastor talked to me and said, there's no way this could all be true. He never heard of Thomas Sowell before. He had never heard of any of this stuff. After one conversation, he said, I need to take a month to study this stuff. He had a complete 180 reversal. And he realized that critical race theory, wokeism, all this stuff was from the enemy. And that church is now growing and they're courageous and they're talking about these things. So I want to just encourage you to have those conversations. They're so incredibly important. God bless you, man. Thank you for being here. Hello. My question is for Victor and the uh, subject of demonic things. I just think it would be so wonderful if us as Christians were trained in that and could decipher it and understand it. I know that we have the authority to rebuke them and all that, but is there a book or a training program that we could teach our Yeah, it's it's a great <laughs> question. I, you know, I think for the times we're in, God has uh, given us an approach. Our specific prayer, we actually named it retooling. And it's so effective. I've prayed for a guy on the plane on the descent and seen him got set free. And uh, again, I felt like the Lord said, you need to pray for this guy. And, I, and I'm starting to like, no, it's we're on a plane and I don't want to do that. And my wife, she can sense it. She looks at me and she goes, what is it? I go, I think the Lord wants me to pray for him. She goes, well, pray for him, champ. Get it. I'm like, good, you know, help. And I, and this is how I started a conversation. Do you believe in evil? He goes, yeah. I said, well, do you ever feel oppressed by it? Or He's like, yeah. I said, God's given me a skill, skill set over years and I can take care of this if you want. He goes, well, yeah. I said, okay. And before we touched down, the guy was set free. And when he stood up on the plane, he's like, I'm free. I don't know what just happened, but I'm really free. And and so to your point, we do have an approach that if God wills it, uh, we're happy to come back to this area and and meet with a group of people and uh, and teach the approach. It's very simple, hence the Cajun approach. And and yet we've seen literally thousands of people set free. And a lot of demons got their feelings hurt. It's, it's, and again, it boils down to the authority, but there is a specific approach that we use that I think for the times that we're in, and guess what? It's not very dramatic. The devil doesn't get any, any kudos for, like shut up it's it's not in my current book but but we're we're writing another book that you know not just crayon so yes pray for us but we'd love to come back and and we do desire to help christians be equipped for the work hi this is for victor but um, how do you use your past 
to not bring you down, but to use to help others and your past trauma to forgive other people? That is a beautiful question. First, I had to learn that the bad things that happened to me, it wasn't God that caused it. It was not God. That's one of the biggest lies that people who suffer bad things, the enemy whispers. What I had to learn is that God allows people the choice to do right or wrong. And it is people who do wrong to other people, often inspired by forces of darkness. But they're still responsible. And I I think... See, I got born again while I was a Marine. So that's quite the conversion. And the Lord showed me, and he'll do it for anybody, because his word says, I'll redeem what the evil one meant for bad. He's a great redeemer. And I can tell you this much. I don't think I would have the capacity to travel around the world or hunt bad people here who hurt children if I personally didn't know what it's like to be hurt. And I say, God, thank you that you didn't cause this, but you give people the free will to do right or wrong. But thank you for redeeming it. See him as a redeemer and watch what he does. Um, This is for um, Victor. Um, Thank you for your ministry. I, I grew up in an abusive home, and I, when I left home, God used your story to show me, and your marriage to show me that there was hope, and um, I could have a, a future that was different from what I grew up. Um, and I was wondering your thoughts. God, people say that God is our Father, but I have a really hard time um, and a huge conflict between Paul talks about living with content and mashing that together with desire for parents. I tell you, I can relate to that question really good. When people were trying to tell me that God wants to be my father, it's a, it was offensive to me. I said, the only examples I've had of fathers, I don't want anything to do with him. If he's a, I had to relearn and retrain my brain of who is God. He's almighty. I love that he was almighty. I love that he could dispatch angels. But I had to learn that my relationship with him was based on one thing, love. And therefore, I could trust him as a father because it was love. And when you do that, love conquers all. And then you trust him as a father and Sometimes you get all, call him dad, and, and all, he, he becomes very real in that way. But he's never against anyone who doesn't see him as a loving father yet. He's patient, and he's loving, and he still loves you. And if he had a wallet, he'd pull it out, and there'd be your picture. And go look at her. I love this one. I think she's one of my favorites. So thank you. That's a great question, and I'm glad my story helped yours to be better. We will do two more right here and then right there, then we got to wrap for the evening. Uh, My friend, uh, she is kind of demonic, 
she likes gore and blood. I just want to know, we've been praying for her, but it's kind of not working. I want to know what to do to help her. How old are you? Eleven. Eleven. Yeah, is that a karate uniform you in? Yes. Let's get it on, man. I thought you I thought, man, this guy's coming up. How'd you make uh, Well, obviously, you're, you're a little warrior, man. And that's a great question. So praying for people with the demonic, I have found there are times that the demonic will flee. But there are other times when people do not want the demonic to leave them alone. They, there's actually a legal right. And I've had people I prayed for completely exposed to demonic. Even the demonic has said, I'm going to kill this person. And then that person, when the, the last question I ask him is, do you want this demon gone out of your spirit, not to house you anymore? And I have heard more people than I'd like to say, they say, I don't want it gone. So it is their will. And when they invite and stay in darkness, it's not our responsibility. We just keep praying. And I'll tell you, it's good to pray. Like I I have prayed for somebody before who was very not. They were trying to do me harm and it was demonic. And I just said, well, I pray that demon destroys your life. Go have fun. And believe me, the Lord sees it all. Just keep praying. Some come out by prayer and fasting, right? So just pray, just pray. You'll uh, forget what you see. Just pray as though it's going to happen. And somebody like you, who this isn't, this is this is what I want to see. That the church has kept kids from having the authority of Christ for too long, way too long. So I love it. Um, we have, we still have teenagers in our house and my, my son brought home a friend. He goes, dad, you need to pray for this guy. He's got some demons. I was like, great. You ready? He goes, yeah, sure. What is <laughs> so, man, I appreciate you young warriors. Seriously, I do. God bless you, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Last question. Uh, this is more so for Charlie, but I'd also like your opinion on this as well, Victor. Um, I've, found myself for the past three and a half years stuck in a place very, very left-leaning, very demonic in the way that they support um, abortion and the the LGBT and all that. Um, And I was wondering how you can balance the cognitive dissonance of wanting to help people and remain around people that you've grown close to. but also not harm them when you try and not agree with what they agree with. Because up till this point, all I've done is suppress it and not talk about it, despite the left's claim of being open and willing to hear ideas out. Um, If you had any advice for anyone in a similar situation. So um, did did you get all that, Victor? So um, you're asking, how do you navigate kind of being around people that will disagree with you or have different views in the demonic and these left-wing views. Is that right? Uh, down to the point of 
getting practically violent in the way that they are okay. abhor what you say. Look, um, this, this is actually piggybacks on something I wanted to say earlier, which is um, you got to know your boundaries, right? And you'll, you'll be able to grow in your faith and your strength, be able to deal with some of these dark forces. But, you know, being around some of the real dark stuff right out of the gate as a Christian, you know, Victor will tell you, sometimes you got to build up a tolerance and an ability to get into it. Now, there's three things that happen in spiritual warfare that are important to remember. Someone might be experiencing spiritual torment right now. Three things. Under, identify sins of the flesh that you're doing repeatedly. That is a gateway for Satan to be able to possess you. Number two, who you hang around and the music you listen to and the things you consume. What you're internalizing are very important. And number three, the vows that you make. Uh, Satan loves to use the vows that you make against you. He's a tormentor and he's a taunter. Um, I know Victor will agree with all, all three of those and he could add on another 30 probably. Um, but as far as the friends in your friend group, um, you have to do your best to try to be salt and light. Salt and light are two things that change the condition of the things that they go into. Um, but also, if you find yourself becoming um, less healthy and less happy because you're around people that are constantly trying to bring you down or they're just being so unfair, um, you might have to flee. You might have to disconnect. And that, that's something that has to happen with prayer and has to happen with reflection. Um, I don't say that lightly, though. There's people that I've had to just kind of say, I'm not going to talk to this person. Right? It, it's nothing but negativity and nothing but I, I'm going to pray for them. I'll be for them, there for them if there's a crisis. But um, especially, you know, you have to understand that if you're a Christian, God, you know, Satan would love nothing more than try to take you off the chessboard. Right. And, and so if you're if you're spending time around people that are nothing but negative and nothing but dark, then. You have, to agree, you have to consider if that's actually helping you in your faith walk. Victor? Yeah, I agree with you. And to clarify, did you say you yourself feel oppressed by the demonic? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You should talk to him. Yeah. So I would say this. Um, I've prayed for an ISIS fighter who was demonized. I don't think it gets much darker than that. And it was in Mosul after midnight. And everything was going good. He was going to accept Christ. And I'm leading him in the sinner's prayer all the way. And I got right to the end and said, he's sitting in front of me. His hands are tied behind his back. His legs are crossed. And when I said, in Jesus' name, he said the whole prayer. When I said, in Jesus' name, he stops and he looks and he shakes his head no. He wouldn't say, and then in that instant, his face contorted, his ears kind of pointed. He broke out of his hand ties, and my dog almost just wanted to, yeah. And I'm like, whoa, I call the dog off, and they grab him, they tie him up, and I'm just thinking, gosh, Lord, that was, I was so close. We almost closed the deal. What in the world? And this guy, uh, and then all of a sudden, I just quietly pray because it was chaotic. And his face calmed down. The demonic thing left. And I looked at him. I was like, do you know what just happened? He's like, yeah, kind of. I said, well, chances are you're not going to live very much longer. Because I was with the Iraqis, and they do it the Iraqi way. And I said, you need to call out to Jesus, even at that last point before you get shot. 
Just like the thief on the cross, he will hear you. And you can stay free from this evil that comes upon you. They took him away. And uh, I just had to trust God that even though it didn't fit my thought of what it should have happened, God was still working. Why would else would I be there? You know, from America in Mosul, Iraq, during fighting and praying for an ISIS guy, right? And, and on a side note, my, my personal security guy, Hassan, guy, he's sitting there, he stands up, he goes, boss, I'm very sorry. I seen the man, the evil in the... He goes, I was just going to shoot him in the face. <laughs> he goes, but I wait because you say the nice things to him. I'm literally going, thanks for not shooting him while I'm the nice thing. I'm praying for him. Can you imagine? Lord, just bless it. Hassan, in Christianity, we don't shoot the person while we're trying to. I do have to think that that man gave his life to Christ. Why else would I be there? And you know what? After we're all done, if you want, I'll pray for you. Back there, we'll, we'll just, it ain't talk. We'll just see you get free. Yeah. Thank you. So I do charge per demon, though. So let's just see what, honey, let's see how much it rains. To, no, I'm joking. And, and just remember that we don't have to fight the spiritual war. It's already been fought. Jude 1 9, Lord rebuke you. Uh, that's, what, that's what must be said. It's, there is a, uh, there's a spiritual war, and we, we aren't tasked to fight it. Jesus has won that spiritual war for us. Well, that was probably one of the best freedom nights we've ever had. Wouldn't you agree? It's pretty amazing. So we're crisscrossing the country. I'm traveling like crazy. I'm on the road nonstop. We're going to take May off. Uh, it's just a really crazy month for us at Turning Point USA. So we'll see you again in June. So May, there'll be no Freedom Night. I'm going to Boulder. I'm going to Berkeley and Fullerton three days in a row. Uh, then I'm out east for a, a week and a half, and I'm back out east. So just May was really tough to work with schedules and stuff. So we'll see you guys again in June. Uh, there's a lot happening. Some marching, marching orders, everybody. Unsubscribe from Disney and don't let anyone you love ever watch Disney ever again. And get involved locally, everybody. There's so much exciting stuff happening locally, city stuff, a city race council, city council races, school board races and everything. Victor, final note. Yeah. Uh, in the lobby, we set up a table that has my story. If you want to learn more about what we do and uh, the book of my testimony, it is out there as a gift for y'all tonight. So make sure you get a copy before you leave. God bless you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can check out more of the work we're doing around the world at victormarks.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all linked in the show notes. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. We're always encouraged to hear from you. Thanks for spending your time with us. Until next time. 